This is Thursday, December 16th. And today we're going to look at the titles revealed by the Lord to the prophet Isaiah, the titles of Jesus. Now, in the ancient world, titles were important ways to speak about those in authority. Kings especially, but others as well. For example, the Roman emperor, when Jesus was born, was named Octavian. Actually, his original name was Gaius Octavius. His great-uncle was Julius Caesar, who named, his, named Octavian as his adopted son. That's how he rose to the throne. But soon, Octavian's titles became as important as his name. He was given the title Augustus. Likely you've heard that too. It carries dual meanings as one that is very spiritual or pious, and also one that's so holy he's deserving veneration or worship. Now, Octavian also took the name Principus Civitatis. That name also carries a double meaning. It means first citizen, like he's just another one of the citizens of Rome. But the other meaning is that he is the foremost or the first or greatest of Rome's citizens. You see, in Rome, titles were used for propaganda as well as designation. Now, here's our text from Isaiah. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's Isaiah 9.6. Now, for the people during the time of Isaiah... These words would sound like words spoken over a king at his enthronement. Typically, five titles would be pronounced over him and that would set him apart and tell of his character and what was hoped of the nature of his reign. Just as speeches are given as a new president is inaugurated, kings were celebrated in the same way. But notice that the title of this child to be born seems to have only four parts. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now in Hebrew, there's none of this punctuation. So likely we are meant to read the first title, Wonderful Counselor, as actually two. Now that word wonderful in this case means the one that works wonders or saving acts. And the counselor, that word, means the one that guides his people with his wisdom. Now, Isaiah is given these titles as ways to explain the ministry and life of the coming Messiah, the one that would rule over the people as King David once had. Now, these titles are strange for a Jewish king, to say the least. First, while other kings were considered by their people to be gods, the Jewish people saw this as the height of blasphemy. No one deserved this recognition but the Lord himself. To find this title given to the coming Messiah is shocking, to say the least. It would have sounded scandalous, unless it was true. Now, second, as we have seen, wonderful denotes saving acts. But again, God is, is the only one said to work mighty wonders, saving wonders of this kind, as we read scripture. 
And again, we're given a hint to the fact that the Messiah would be God, the Son of God. Third, the child will be called Everlasting Father. Again, this doesn't make sense unless God himself is coming to redeem his people. And finally, he's called the Prince of Peace. Israel's kings were considered warriors. They would read this title as the king that brought would bring peace through war. You see, all of these titles find their expression in Jesus. Jesus brought peace through war. He is God who fights for the sake of his people by facing what stands against them, the burden of their sin. Jesus became sin for us so that we might receive the righteousness of God in him. He has, through his love, brought us into the kingdom and given us a place with him forever. And he's done all of this at his cross. Now, here's the accompanying promise that the Lord provides. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That's Isaiah 9-7. Now here's what this means in a nutshell. His kingdom, the extent of it will be far and wide in location. And it also shall endure forever. That is across time. The promise given to David will come to pass and the kingdom will reflect the righteous character of the Lord himself. Justice will flow from his throne like a mighty river, filling his entire kingdom. As we read the the titles of the coming Messiah, we hear the echo of this longing for the gracious and faithful king. And isn't this someone that we write about in so many of our stories? I believe God has planted this desire for faithful and just rule deep into every human heart. This is why we love this story wherever we hear it. Think of King Arthur, for example, called the once and future king, and how in the great stories people kept looking for his appearing. You see, the difference with Jesus is that he has come, and he has begun his rule in our world and in our lives. I love the way this prophecy ends. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. In our terms, we would say, you can count on it, or you can take it to the bank. God is determined to send his king, one that will sit on David's throne and bring the justice our world needs and for which our hearts long. This is Jesus, the cause of our joy. God has made good on his promise, and this is our calling to live as the subjects of our true and faithful king course, this is our challenge, is to trust in him and to look to him. Let's pray. Lord of hosts, you are faithful to your promises. You have remembered your promise to the house of David. We pray as Jesus taught his disciples to pray that your kingdom will come here on earth in all its fullness as it is in heaven. Amen.